welcome to Weird Parents, a podcast where we talk about how weird it is being a parent. My name's Sammy. You can find me on Instagram at Pop Punk Pets and Parenthood. And as per usual, I am joined by Coop, my husband. Very good, parents. <laughs> really wanted to interrupt you. And do yeah, that. Just going, Very good, parents. Welcome to Very good, parents. <laughs> Why did you say that? <laughs> just you know, those things that just goes through your mind and. It's like an intrusive thought, isn't it? It is, it is. You hear certain words and you just can't help but think something else. Yeah. I'm very paranoid with how congested I sound today. So I'm sorry in advance. Sound a bit bungy. I am bunged. Well, I've had this weird congestion thing for like two weeks now, but yours lasted about two weeks, didn't it? No, it lasted a week. Oh. Then went away for two weeks and then came back for a week and then it's gone again. Well, mine just doesn't seem to be going anywhere. And I've just blown my nose like five times before we started this. And it still sounds like this. So, yeah. Sorry, guys. I think you're in phase two of the bung. What's the phase two of the bung? Just this. <laughs> just nothing <laughs> what you've com- got right now. Nothing coming out, but sounding like I've, sounding like I've got a cold. Today, Sammy is going to take us on a journey through time and space. It's a Sammy episode today. It is a Sammy episode today. I'm not taking you on a journey through time and space. I'm not uh, mighty booshing it. Where are you taking us? I am going to be chatting about pet safety uh, when it comes to children mainly, I think, but ge- general pet safety, things that I thought our listeners might be interested in. It's time for me to share a little bit of my knowledge in regards to what I actually do for a job. I don't just go on Instagram and take photos and nappies for a job. You like, what? I know, I know. Did you know that when you married me? No. <laughs> Even before we had kids, I just thought you were the nappy chick. Really? Cool. Um, but my actual job is a veterinary nurse. So yeah, I thought I'd I thought I'd chat a bit because one of my one of my secret little passions is educating uh, owners slash parents on sort of how pets and children can maybe live together in harmony. <laughs> Just imagining like that Coca-Cola advert. But it's like, Are you? It's like budgerigars and ah. kids and cats <laughs> and lizards and they're all like... Just all living together in harmony. Da, da. Okay, yeah, yeah, because people are mad. Well, the thing is, at work, especially this year, my colleagues do think I'm insane. They all think I'm insane because... We took on a rescue puppy who's come with her own little bag of... Winnie here. Winnie yeah, our dog. Win- Winfred. She's come with her own little bag of issues, isn't she? Bless her. Behavioural skin. She's just a little a little mess, but we love her. And obviously we've got B, who's three, and I'm pregnant. So my colleagues are just like, what are you doing? Oh, and the cat is also... An interesting case. She's another rescue. They're both rescues. They're both rescues. Both didn't really get what they needed at the important developmental start of their lives, which, um, yeah, with with puppies and kittens is very important, the same as with children. Those first few months are actually very, very important for how they'll develop into adult animals. And both of these two, unfortunately, I don't think quite got what they needed. So, yeah. Uh, everyone at work thinks we're insane, basically, don't they? They're a little bit precious, aren't they? Both of them. They are very precious. Precious. My precious babies, but they are my babies. They're still, they're still. Well, Luna's your baby. Yeah. She's not really my baby. She's never been my baby. She likes you. She tolerates you. And even Winnie's ch- choosing you over me <laughs> because at the minute you can take her for. Oh, I'm not going to say it because she's w laying word. on the sofa. She's laying right next to you. And also the thing, this dog as well. If I spell it, she knows. But. You know, when you when you take a dog somewhere. The W word. The W word. We won't I won't even spell it because she's learnt to spell it. <laughs> I kid you not. <laughs> as soon as I start spelling it, her ears are like, What are you saying? So yeah, you're also more her favourite person at the minute, aren't you? A little bit. She still comes up to me for cuddles though. She still jumps at you and tries to gut punch you. Oh yeah. With her paws. Indeed, indeed. She's like part kangaroo. But yeah, so that is what today's uh, subject is. So yeah. Okay, before we get into it, Uh I just got a little update. I don't know how long ago it was, probably the last couple of episodes. Do you remember when we had that salad where I put like the aeolian and I put like 
I said about oh, a third of a pot of aioli yeah, yeah, into a really salad. Yeah, yeah, I got really excited until you were like, I thought, oh, no, I've had such a, qu- a healthy dinner. According to these calculations, I put a quarter of a pot in. Right. Um, and I said, can someone just do the maths? Did like, someone do the maths? Someone did the maths. Who did the maths? Uh, brother of the pod, Luke. Oh, of course he did. He's a, math- <laughs> he's a mathematician. Yeah. He's, he's a professional math boy. <laughs> he, he sent me, I'll put this on, on Instagram, but he sent me like equations and stuff. Am I going to have a heart attack? Just look at oh it Oh my quickly. gosh, he really did. An, <laughs> oh my goodness, there's a piece of paper here and he's he's put in the equations. Basically, it, we worked out that we had about 22% of our fats Jesus per portion. Christ. <laughs> so, you know, it was a hearty salad. <laughs> I thought I was having a nice little healthy healthy garlic salad for dinner. Just, just to backtrace a little bit, I made us a salad... I think, I can't remember how many portions I made, but I made a big salad. It was like a pasta salad as well, wasn't it? And I was just trying to use up everything we had in the fridge and I just chucked like quite a lot of aioli in it. And I was like, oh, this dressing's really good. And you're like, (laughs) it's a dip. I was like, oh my God, that's not healthy. You can't just cover leaves and dip and hope for the best. Luke was like disgusted, but he did the, he did the maths. I'm really impressed. Thank you, Luke. Thanks, Luke. Doing the maths. We're going to have Luke on an episode soon. Yes. And uh, and my sister as well, hopefully. Yeah. We're going to do an episode about the youngest yeah. child. Yeah. Because we've done, we've done the eldest, because I'm the eldest. Have we done the eldest? Yeah, we did the yeah. eldest. We've done the... You were yeah, the throwaway, pan- throwaway pancake. We've done the middle child. The sandwich toaster. The sandwich toaster. And then we're going to do the youngest. Which is just the left... The, we should call them like the, the end of the bread. No, we should call them the bananas. <laughs> the bananas. The bananas. Why? People, do people know what the bananas is? Go on, you explain. Still my favourite thing ever to be, I've ever been told, <laughs> hands down. So basically, the bananas is the name that you give to that little, that end of the banana that no one wants. The little black. The little nib. black, that nib. The bananas. The bananas. Yeah. But why are they the banana? Why is the youngest the bananas? Because they're the end of the banana. They're the end of the child journey. <laughs> the bit no one wants. They're, well, not well. In both of our family situations, they're both the the, the surprise kids, aren't they? <laughs> surprise bananas. They're the surprise bananas. Yeah. I mean, the metaphor that I came up with isn't a million miles away from that. Gone. What was it? Well, we'll wait till the episode, but it's okay. along the lines of banana. Oh, see, I was also thinking like they're the end of the bread, the end of the loaf, the end loaf. Yeah, that's quite a good one. But why? Why? It's just sad, isn't it? They're just sad. <laughs> <laughs> No, I've got, I've got one. I've got a metaphor. Okay, so you have to I'm tune excited. in in a few episodes' time okay. to find out. Exci- excited to hear that and see what both siblings think of it. Yeah. So, uh, Chloe and Luke, get ready. Yeah. And we'll speak to you in a few episodes' time. Indeed. Okay. So, these, these statistics that I'm going to give you, basically, I'm going to hit you with the scary facts about dog bites to okay. begin with. Yeah, because that's the... When it comes to pet safety, one of the things that parents do worry about is... Very good, parents. Very good, parents. Is dog bites in children um, or towards family members or anything like that. So the statistics I'm going to tell you now, they are actually from 2014 to 2015. Okay. Okay, so quite a while ago, but... Still relevant. Still relevant. Um, I can't find an updated one... Well, the the updated one that I found it wasn't actually too far off of this in regards to the amount of people that would admit were admitted with dog bites. So over four thousand one hundred people were admitted for a dog bite into hospital. Doesn't say whether or not that was serious or you know just come in for a, in the UK in the UK, and seventy percent of bites were for to children aged under ten years. Wow. 70% of bites mm-hmm. are to children. Under 10 years old. And boys aged between five to nine are most likely to be bitten. Wow. So that was that was quite a scary statistic. Obviously, it's quite a while ago now, but I would imagine the statistics are probably quite similar given what I have seen in practice, especially over the pandemic. And do you, you probably don't know this, but are they domestic bites? So this is, this is it. It doesn't say, doesn't say, but that is just in regards to sort of admitted to hospital or Mm. or seen within, um, uh, a medical environment for a dog bite. 
Oh, I found the original article, which uh, stated that um, dog bites have doubled between 2020 and 2021. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's it's definitely worse than it was. The pandemic effect. Yeah, indeed. So the reason I say that, I imagine it would be similar, if not worse, recently, is because since the pandemic, we've had a lot, and all of us in the veterinary profession... And just general animal profession have seen that quite, especially with dogs, a lot of people got lockdown puppies. Um, And these puppies, not all of them, but a large percentage of them have really suffered from the lack of socialisation, from the lack of structured training. Um, Owners have been spending all time with them and then gone back to work so they have separation anxiety so there's lots of uh lots of reasons but basically one of the most the the saddest thing about dog bites usually or any form of injury caused by an animal especially when it comes to children is the larger percentage of them can be avoided if you understand your animal's body language right and what is so frightening that's why it tends to happen to children it is yes so what is so frightening is that most adults don't understand basic animal behavior, like a- animal body language. Like you'll still have people that will say, oh, my dog smiles. And it's like, your dog is not smiling at all. Your dog is snarling. Oh, mm. he smiles. You know, there are some dogs that will do like a bit of a smile, teethy grin. a teethy grin. But a lot of the times that's linked to another form of behavior. But if you imagine a toddler or a child, a young child who is still learning human body language, and still trying to understand human body language, if they saw a dog, quote unquote, smiling at them, they're going to be very confused by that because they'll think, oh, mummy and daddy smile. Or, you know, people smile at me. That must mean they're happy. Dog smiling at them is not a happy thing. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. It's a big uh-uh. But also animals don't, can't talk. So their way of communicating with us is actually quite subtle. And if you don't know what you're looking for, that's how most bites and accidents happen. I mean, one of my bugbears as a parent and as a veterinary professional is videos of children climbing all over dogs. Yeah. I hate it. And I think you've it's always made you uncomfortable, hasn't it? But until I started pointing out to you the subtle signs that like that dog is showing, you can't look at any of them now, can you? Because now you're like, oh my God. Yeah. That dog is clearly uncomfortable. Yeah, I, I think it's just the way that we were raised, but we were very, like, not wary of animals, but, like, mm-hmm. respectful. respectful. Like, you don't badger them, you don't... Mm-mm. Well, yeah, climb on them, anything like that. Yeah, so... it is like a kid's instinct to do that, isn't it? It and is, yeah, yeah, You yeah. watch TV and stuff like that, and you see it on yeah. adverts, you see it in TV shows, like, people, even in cartoons and stuff like that, people, like, manhandling mm. pets. One of my bugbears is Cocomelon. How JJ is right. always hugging that dog. Always. He's always hugging, is it Ban- Banjo? Ban- whatever the Banjo. Name is. What's the name of the dog? Uh, Bingo. Oh, Bingo. I should know this, Bingo. of course. Yeah. Um, he'll hug the dog round the neck and the cartoon dog's like, oh, this is amazing. You do that to a majority of dogs, they're going to show you some sign of un- that they're uncomfortable or anxiety because that is not a pleasant thing for a dog. And Cocomelon is so... Bang on the nose. It's so perfect. <laughs> I mean, so- also jelly bean, but let's not let's not get started on that hamster and what that hamster get up to gets up to, or how inadequate that enclosure is for that yeah, hamster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so even on telly, there's certain things that I'm just like, oh god. And Paw Patrol. Paw my Patrol, god. yeah, Paw Patrol as well. I mean, it's not too that's a bit different. There's <laughs> <I'm> very <joking. laughs> very human humanoid dogs, isn't it? But yeah, so Subtle body language. I mean, those dogs are in servitude. They are. They are. I mean, I'm impressed that they can, one, talk, and two, that they can use the equipment that they do. And they're completely, like, yeah. Also, Ryder is a child genius if he's invented their, like, magical... Systems. Like, their systems, yeah, yeah. Jesus. The fact that he's, he's invented it so that dogs can drive vehicles, They've whoa. Com- <laughs> the the civilization's completely outsourced... All their essential services to, <laughs> to four or five dogs, dogs or whatever it is. <laughs> and they have to wait for them all to turn also, up Also, how the time. breedist is it that the police one's a German Shepherd? Yeah, right. So breedist. And that the snow one's an Akita or a Husky or something, isn't it? A cab includes whatever the police dog is called. Yeah, for goodness sake. If a staffy wants to be a police dog, they should be able to be a police dog. <laughs> Just because they don't fit Paw Patrol's narrative. Yeah. 
So yeah, most dog bites, I think, and just animal attack, well, animal attacks, like cat scratches, cat bites as well. Uh, it's all a cat bite's nasty, isn't it? A like, cat if you bite get a is full, nasty. Yeah, get the full puncture. Yeah, so if you ever but cat scratch as well, you can get cat scratch fever. Mm. So and yeah, bite bite especially with cats as well. There's so many germs in the mouth, and like I've been bitten on the face by a cat mm. in my job, uh, which I needed to go and get antibiotics for. And how grateful was I? Because le- literally less than twenty four hours later, I started to feel awful and yeah. like really poorly. I got bitten literally on the. The jugular. The jugular, yeah, it went for my throat. <laughs> it was a very hyperthyroid cat, I'll just say that. Uh, and usually hyperthyroid cats are a little bit angry all the time. So, yeah. Um, but... A hyperthyroid cat. Yeah, was it pretty much. It was like roiding, yeah. Roid rage. <laughs> but basically, most injuries are caused by miscommunication between children and, and animals. So... I'm gonna I'm gonna start off by saying a few body language signs. I'll start with dogs, and then I'll move on to cats, as they're generally the pets that most people have. So I will start. With, we'll go with those. Um, so I'm gonna start by saying a body language, or and I will ask you if you what you think it would mean. Okay. Okay. All right. Are you are you are you happy with that plan? I'm good to go. Yeah. Good. Good. School me. School you. So if I said to you that a doggy was wagging his tail, ears nice and relaxed, face looking nice and relaxed, open panting, but jowls looking relaxed. Um, coming up to you, tail's, tail is held sort of middle of the body, not low to the ground, not high, wagging quite happily. What would you say, that dog? And it's coming over to me. And it's coming over to you. Well, your instinct is that it's coming to say hello, yeah. isn't it? So and that's, it's quite that's happy. Yeah, that sounds like a happy dog, doesn't it? Yeah. That is... That is a happy dog. I would say that is yeah. a happy dog. Now, if you had a dog that was stood watching you, alert, tail possibly lower to the ground, low wagging, maybe just the tips moving, ears forward, but face looking a little bit tenser, eyebrows far, like eye, where eyebrows, we say eyebrows, where they would have eyebrows, their, They're one big their brow, eyebrow. <laughs> their brow sort of like furrowed, if that's the word, like Tense. Yeah, like not tense, but like almost as if they were frowning, like wrinkled. Yeah. What would you say about that animal? Just unsure. Unsure, yeah. So yeah. alert and on edge and a little bit like, hang on a minute. Yeah, tail's wagging because it might be excited, but not in a good way. Well, tail wagging doesn't always mean excitement. That's another big thing. So a lot okay. of people think that tail wagging instantly means that an animal's happy or a dog's happy. It doesn't. Low wagging, if it was sort of up high, super going for it, but just like the tip wagging, that can possibly mean they're a bit unsure they're not quite yeah. and i always use win as an example in that because that is her way of greet like humans that's isn't her it? default she, that's her <laughs> default mode she doesn't particularly like humans especially strangers and then as the as a stranger would approach what does her body language turn into it turns into hackles up yeah and hedgehog. she starts barking um so if i said to you you had a dog that was I don't know, that you came over to say hello to, sat down next to it, and it started yawning. Well, I know, I know a yawn is like a unsure thing. It's, it's an anxiety sign in yeah. dogs. So a lot of people be like, oh, my dog yawns all the time, but they're just tired. And um, it's a big thing I've seen on a lot of these videos. They avert their eyes and they do it. Yeah, they? so they'll, they'll, try, they'll try not to have eye contact with the thing that's causing them stress. They'll be quite adversive, so they'll be sort of turning their head mm. from side to side to sort of like almost show I don't want don't want you near me and then yawning they do a, that dramatic yawn where it's like it's like a big dramatic yawn yeah. another thing that Wynne does doesn't yeah. she she's very so bless her Winnie does suffer from anxiety like she actually pretty sure has an anxiety disorder the dog's on she's Prozac she's on Prozac she's on Prozac <laughs> like she is she's an anxious dog and the littlest of things will set her off something as simple as I put her food bowl in a different room and she starts yawning <laughs> and averting her eyes and everything and it's like oh my goodness dog really um, or it's food she doesn't want or it's food she doesn't want it's <laughs> awful it's a very stressful situation if it's a food she doesn't want but that's the difference is I understand her body language so i know okay fine i'll take it away it's not a big deal but if you've like i say i've seen many dog whisper don't (laughs) we'll talk about that in a minute we'll talk about that in a minute but if you've got like videos i've seen of people whose kids or toddlers are like hugging the dog and the dog is adverting its eyes it's yawning 
it's like whale lying as well. So whale lying. Does you understand what that term means? Yeah, it's like they Sh- look at you like side on. Showing more the white of their eyes. They look at you sort of like from a side on angle and you can see more of the white of their eyes. Yeah. And also licking their lips. Yeah. That's another big one that people don't realise is an anxiety sign. And all of these little signs are the dog politely saying, please leave me alone. Yeah, or, I'm really polite not happy. way of saying it's it. It's a polite way of being like, I'm really not happy with this situation. And how many videos of babies climbing on dogs have people seen where all of those signs are there? Yeah. So it really like, yeah, that the, those are the subtle signs. But for someone like me, or if you know that, once you see it in videos and things or people, people will post like even like two little minute clips on their stories on Instagram where they're like, oh, look at, ba- look at my baby and my dog. And I'm just like, that dog is being so good. And it is mm. asking your, you so, so politely to help so yeah. politely. And that's what breaks my heart is you see so many of these animals that are screaming for help, mm. but they don't. And then it isn't until the next stages happen that people are like, <gasps> there's a problem. My dog out of nowhere just growled at my child. And it's like, it won't have been out of nowhere. Yeah. It's very, very rare that an animal will growl out of nowhere. That's usually the growl, the snap and, or the growl, the bark and the snap. That's usually your last stages. And then you get the bite and then the bite and then the bite. So with children as well, another thing that can sometimes be quite prevalent is resource guarding another cause of, of bite so dogs a lot of dogs will naturally resource guard Winnie's a resource guarder because she's part street things dog. like food and toys yeah, things they shouldn't have toys and a lot of dogs that are in homes with children probably are more likely to resource guard because you are constantly taking stuff off of them especially when you've got puppies that are constantly stealing the kids toys so it isn't the management techniques aren't put in place properly and the dog just begins to associate that all you're going to do is take something off of them. It's always like they're always going to lose something. Mm. And resource guarding again, a lot of dogs hopefully will give lots of warning signs. Winnie gives warning signs. She does all of the typical warning signs when it comes to, I've got something that I don't want you to have, which is she freezes, she whalies. And if you get too close, like if she wouldn't, she doesn't do it with B, but B knows not to go near her if she's got something. But, if like one of us came too near her, she'd go under her breath when she, she goes, Brr. but she does it with other dogs as well. And her, if another dog, if she's got a toy and another dog tries to come and get the toy, she does all of the signs. And then she does a very dramatic, what's the noise? I can't even it's describe like a yip, it. Isn't it. It's, it's like, like a yip. I describe it as like a mum dog telling a baby dog off. It's like, like a, ah. and it's like a little bit of an air snap. She doesn't snap at, the dog or the person she like snaps into the air yeah grabs whatever it is and legs it yeah she's <laughs> but, a crocodile she, yeah but imagine an unsupervised child coming up to a dog that's got something that they shouldn't have that dog is going to give all those signs that kid is not going to understand any of them until it's too late and if you haven't got a dog that would air yip and run away with it but instead you've got a dog that's cornered Holds its ground. Holds its ground and turns around and, you know, nips. Children as well. Young children are at eye level to a dog most of the time. So a lot of these injuries will be to the face, Mm. which can be fatal in children. So it's, yeah, understanding body language is the biggest thing. Same with cats as well. If you've got cats... Cats are even more, I think cats are even more unpredictable than dogs. <laughs> Jesus. They just do sh- stuff for the shit. Don't the cats they? They are just, just assholes. Fun be- of it. Cats are assholes because it's a Wednesday. Like literally they are, they go from zero to a hundred. But you know, if a child learns that a dog wagging its tail means it's happy, they'll think a cat wagging its tail means it's happy. A cat flicking its tail is not a happy cat. Is it? Definitely not. It's not as we know. Because Lu- Luna flicks her tail over the m- slightest inconvenience. You talk to her in the wrong way. She'll start her tail, flicking her, her tail. tail starts <laughs> flicking. She's such if a cow. If you look at her in the wrong way, if you walk past her in the yeah, wrong way. She's such a cow. Um, but yeah, so again, cats as well. And also don't let your children grab your cat or chase cats. Don't let children chase yeah, cats. Yeah, B went for a stamping stage, She went she? for a stamping stage. She stamped next to the cat. Because she... It's it's natural for kids to be inquisitive about mm. animals. And she was going through that stage of being, like, obsessed with the cat, wasn't yeah. she? She'd go and find her. And she knew she wasn't allowed to pick her up. She knew she wasn't allowed to, like, 
grab her mm. so the next sort of thing she couldn't hold her frustration in that she'd stamp and the cat would get scared and run away so we had to really work on that but she just wanted to see the cat run away didn't she yeah, she thought that was fun yeah but that's it kids do kids do the, again it's why if you are going to have animals and children in the same house you've got to be aware of both both creatures needs so not just your children's needs you need to be aware of your animals needs and your animal stress levels as well because it isn't it's not fair on them for you not to be an advocate for them. So one thing you can do like with with Win what we have is she has a crate. She still has a crate. One of the main reasons I'm a big fan of crate training dogs especially if you've got children is because that is their safe space. Mm. And she knows if she wants to get away, she goes in there. She wants to steal something. She wants to steal something. <laughs> she can run in there. <laughs> she goes into a crate and I will fully respect it. I'll be like that's fine. That's yours. I'm not going to take it off you. And to be honest, the way I deal, we deal with Winnie's, um, where if she has something she shouldn't do, we've taught a very, she's got quite a strong drop command or leave command, yeah. but also she has a strong here command. So I'll just call her into the kitchen for a treat. She'll drop whatever it is and then I can go back and get it. Yeah. It's, pretend you're walking towards the fridge. If you pretend you're walking <laughs> towards the fridge for some ham, she'll be like, oh yeah, no, you can have that. That's fine. <laughs> I don't care about this random sock that I've stolen anymore. Um, but she's got her crate as well and that's completely her space. And since the moment we put that up, we have said to be, if the dog is in there, you well, you don't, even when the dog isn't in there, you do not go in that. That is Winnie's bedroom, yeah, isn't don't it? don't touch it. Don't, don't touch it. it. That is Winnie's bedroom. And she's respect, she respects it. Yeah. Every now and again, she gets a little bit like, oh, I could swing on that door. She likes the door. She likes the door. Because it squ- like squeaks, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But she's very, very good, knows that that's the dog's space. And it mm. is nice for dogs to have a space away from kids. Because kids, do, I mean, they do it to us. They hound us. Don't they? They're constantly like, I mean, God, how many times does B follow you into the bog? Every day. Every day, exactly. (laughs) And they see, you know, animals are family members. So it does get to a point sometimes where they will follow each other around. I mean, how many times am I always saying, for goodness sake, girls, will you leave each other alone? Because the dog's just as bad. The dog's like, oh, I'm following the baby around because the baby's got a snack. And the baby's like, oh, I'm following the dog around because I want her to play with a toy. So it's very important that your dog has a place to go, be it a bed be it a crate same with a cat if a cat is asleep leave them alone yeah they don't need you don't need to bring your toddler over or your child over to stroke the cat like if a cat wants attention it will come to you for the yeah, attention yeah and they do don't they the, mm-hmm. the, all, the dogs and the cats always come for a fuss when they want when to. they want to don't hound them yeah exactly so well, there was a thing that you've said in the past which i can't remember right now but it's still, there's no such thing as a safe dog or something. There's oh, no yeah. such thing as a... So I had the conversation, didn't I, with the midwife when I was pregnant with B. They went through their usual questions. Have you got any animals? At the time, I, we only had Luna. And I said, yes, I have a rescue cat. And she went, is there a chance that your pet could cause harm to your child or could pose a danger to your child? And I went, every animal could pose a danger to a child. And she went, well have you got concerns about your your cat and i was like no every animal has the chart has the potential to harm a child it's like that's and i was i even said to her, i said i'm I'm afraid that's a really daft question because all it would take is for that child to reach up grab the cat's tail or pull on the dog's ear or something and that dog that animal reacts to pain yeah turns around snaps bites him in the face game over so every animal has there's there's no such thing as a safe animal. You always hear people saying, oh, my dog would never do that. Or, you know, my, my cat would, I was able to carry my cat around like a baby when I was a child. Or, you know, I could put my cat in baby clothes and push it around in a pram. And, you know, or there's photos of it me riding. It sounds like your childhood. Yeah, pretty, my, my old cat, <laughs> Harry, bless him. He got so, like, pretty much abused, though. Because if you look back, like, looking at it now... That's great. Okay, if your cat has that level of tolerance or your dog, you know, you've got photos of you riding your family dog as a child. All I will say is, why? Yeah. Why why did you need to do that to the animal? Like, the animal isn't going to enjoy that in any way, shape or form. Just because they tolerate it doesn't mean that you should do it. And all you're doing is possibly putting a... Increasing the risk. Increasing the risk of a bite. Exactly. So, yeah, teaching teaching your, your... Basically, teaching children and also adults understanding, having that responsibility. If you have, have a pet, it's your responsibility to understand signs of stress and discomfort in them. So, yeah. 
Winnie knew we were talking about her and she has come over and is sat up on me now. Yeah. <laughs> what's the signs? I can't see her face. What? What's her signs at the moment? So she's enjoying... She's such a... A weird dog anyway. So she's come over. She's put all her weight on you, hasn't she? Which is a good sign. So leaning is always a uncomfortable sign. But you're giving her a little scratch and her ears are back and she's just ever so slightly licking her lips. So she's politely asking you that I don't want to scratch. But you've now changed to stroking and her face is relaxed. (laughs) So, yeah, there's very subtle, subtle signs, isn't there, Wynne? But once you once you notice them you'll find your relationship with your animal will completely change because you'll you'll get it a little bit better yeah you'll so, be a dog whisperer not a dog whisperer right so my issue with dog whisperer is that yes, <laughs> we're not going to give too much time to dog whisperer. we're not going to give too much time to a dog whisperer but he's old hat now he is i'm not a fan <laughs> basically he's understandable yeah Another cause I feel of of injuries will be certain TV personalities, such as the Dog Whisperer, where they are using an old disproven form of dog training, which is the dominance theory, which has been disproven many times. Um, Not even proven in the first place. Well, well, this is the problem. So the original study, quote unquote study, that was done on the dominance theory. So if you don't understand the dominance theory, it's that you have to be the alpha pack leader when you have a dog. Yeah. Which is bullshit. So it's based off of a study that was done on a group of wolves in captivity. Now, these wolves in captivity were not related. Dog mm. um, Wolves in the wild naturally live in family groups and their quote-unquote hierarchy would be a family hierarchy so you'd have the older sort of people the older people the older wolves that would you know potentially sometimes feed first because they were older and sicker and then the young and you know this was a pack this was a this was this was a formed pack in captivity they weren't weren't related in any way shape or form and also this study was still going off of the idea that the domestic dog is exactly the same developmentally as a wolf as a gray wolf which they're not they're not You'll always hear the whole like, like it's it's with like dog food companies and things and lots of things, lots of like training videos and natural stuff. It's like and, yeah, 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 natural this unleash um, your dogs unleash inner, your dogs in a wolf and yeah. inner this that and the other. Your domestic canine is not a grey wolf. Just saying that it. now, they are as close to a grey wolf as you and I are as close to an ape. Yeah. So we have a they, we have a common ancestor with an ape that is out there now doesn't mean we're gonna the apes that are out there now are going to develop into humans yeah we don't have a common ancestor dogs have a common ancestor of wolves yeah they're descendants from a common ancestor and i'm not being funny if you picked up a pug stuck it next to a wolf they're not going to understand each other (laughs) in any way shape or form dogs are like the juvenile like stunted version a stunted of a, wild canine yeah. yeah yeah so they're like brains have been yes they're stunted we've basically just selectively bred them over years and years and years for our own personal gain but it has got to the point now where that, yeah like if you if you fall for marketing where it's like you know like pet food where it's like unleash your dog's inner you're being had canine and stuff like that you're being had you're being fully had you're being fully had unfortunately <laughs> my favorite is when i have people Tri- come in like when it's always like back to the roots like the yeah. tribal roots of your dog and yeah. stuff like that yeah but it's a big thing at the minute natural is a big big marketing ploy isn't it yeah um and yeah it's just it does make me giggle i have owners a lot of the times being like oh well this would be what would be more natural for them in the wild and i'm like babe your chihuahua is never going to survive in the wild. And I always say to people, what... So let's... They're let's, not hunters. They're not... Exactly. <laughs> so let's look at a group of stray dogs in Romania or Spain or somewhere. Where do you tend to find them? Hanging around the hotel. Hanging around the hotels, waiting for scraps. Scavenging. Scavenging. You may get the odd dog that might hunt down a rat, a, a, a rat or a mouse or something, but... They're not, they're not hunting down the, uh, the punters. No. At breakfast time, they're like, not. <laughs> on your walk over from the hotel room. They come, like... <laughs> they come at you like raptors. <laughs> Two from the side. Two from the side. <laughs> you just look down and there's this tiny little like chihuahua cross. Like... No, they're wagging their tails at you to drop a bit of bacon on the floor. Exactly. A bit of continental ham. Exactly, exactly. They're not, 
they're not the same they're not the same so we've we've domesticated them over over hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years and you know we've got different breeds to do different things so some of them will still have certain points of a hunting process and others will not for example win here clearly has some form of herding breed in her, doesn't she? Because given half the chance, she will stalk anything, chase it. But then when she actually gets to it, she's like, I now don't know what to do. And then her her German shepherd side takes over and she just starts barking. She just starts barking. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Where she's like, I don't know what else to do apart from speak at it. Um, Versus something maybe more like a collie. Which or Jack been, Russell or something. Well, exactly. Well, Jack Russells tend to have more of a bite. They still have a bit of a bite instinct in them yeah. because they were used for ratting and everything. Collies have a, they sort of chase and snap, but generally don't kill. Yeah. Uh, again, because of herding sheep. Um, but yeah, then you look at something like a pug. That's <laughs> <laughs> no instinct. Has no real purpose in life anymore, apart from to just struggle through and try and breathe. So, yeah, when it comes to sort of their natural behaviour. So the, do- the dog whisper is a bit of a... I don't, I don't like that theory. It's been disproven. All you're going to do is create fear and anxiety in your pet if you try yeah. and dominate it. And he was one of these people that's like, you should be able to take something away from your dog. You should be able to put your hand in your dog's food bowl. And it's like, why? <laughs> why? If you want to add something to your dog's food bowl, Fine absolutely fine but if you're going to take you're going to constantly just put your hand in in it or take it away from them just to show that you're boss i'm gonna bite you if you do that to me yeah, if, if you, you give me a freaking roast dinner and then be like actually i'm taking it away because i'm boss i'm gonna be like fuck you dude yeah that's my Especially dinner if you, you did that like if you imagine your dog's like a little like three-nager or something oh yeah they're gonna lash out gonna, exactly <laughs> that'd be like me trying to take a piece of cake away from me <laughs> Like, I'm mummy, I'm in charge. She'll be like, I'm in charge. <laughs> it's my cake. It's my cake, exactly. You don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. If you give your animal respect and, and love, then you're fine. But like, Wynne's an example of, this is a sort of dog, because she has anxiety anyway. If she was with somebody that, quote unquote, tried to dominate her, she'd be broken. She'd be a bite risk. Yeah. 100%. Nervous wreck. She'd be a nervous wreck and she would bite out of pure fear. Yeah. Which would be sad. But yes. You did want to mention one last thing about pet food, didn't you? About, well, tie it back to safety. Safety, yeah. So the other thing with kids and animals is at the moment and for quite a while now, raw feeding has been very popular, is very popular um, among pet owners I'm going to try and stay completely sensible with this. And it's how I treat clients as well that come up to me and ask questions. My honest opinion when it comes to raw feeding your animals, if you have children, is I don't recommend it if you have children. My main reasons, because of the risks associated with raw feeding. So raw feeding has become more of a prevalent thing in the past, I'd say 10 years or so. Um, basically again, it's a lot of it comes back down to people being wanting to go down the natural route and this, that, and the other. But remember again, dogs have developed and cats have been developed, you know, developed over years and years and years and can digest cooked, should should digest cooked food really like they can do because we will have cooked our food and they would have eaten whatever we would have had cats a little bit different because they're not completely domesticated you'll still get a cat that will go out and demolish a raw a raw bird yeah you know kill it and eat it so cats are a bit different but in regards to what science shows us and studies there is no study published on this planet that states that raw feeding is any better than feeding kibble or wet food or cooked food there is no study alas a lot of pet owners say that switching to raw help their dog's skin help their dog's gut issues help their cat's behavior Behavior. yeah you know um and we raw fed luna for a bit didn't we yeah we did we did and i was working at a referral hospital at the time and we started seeing cases of tb in cats that were being raw fed so as soon as i saw that we stopped yeah. Stop raw feeding because I was pregnant at the time. Um, 
and you were doing all the feeding, so... But it's the, it's the germs that spread. What it is, it's, it's the, there's foodborne il- raw illnesses associated with raw food. It's exactly the same as us. What, why wouldn't you eat... Why wouldn't you as a human eat, I don't know, raw chicken? Well, the prep. So mm-hmm. prepping it in your fridge, on your plates. The salmonella just sticks around. It's really hard to get rid of. Yeah. And then obviously if you're eating raw food with your hands, with your mouth... You can't like shed go it kiss everywhere. my baby, can I, if I've just exactly. eaten a raw chicken breast? Yeah. So some of the risks that you can get with raw feeding or just raw meat in general. Salmonella, um, I've, I've seen this in practice and it's something that's definitely becoming more obvious with raw feeding. So salmonella, Campylobacter, that's a big one. If you've ever had that yourself as a human, that sucks, really sucks. Um, and with dogs, we're also seeing... Um, that they you seem to have dogs that present with more weird behavioural problems and actually it could be down to them having Campylobacter and having stomach pain oh, but see. just not like exhibiting the behaviour like having typical symptoms but actually their behaviour being bad could be it a all goes back to the gut doesn't it it all goes back to the gut it does um, tuberculosis listeria E. coli you know there's lots of risks and also yes there is evidence that if you are eating raw meat that the animals are going to shed it in their saliva or if they've just eaten it and then they go and chew something or they go and lay on the sofa and a bit of drool or something goes on then you've potentially got that on your sofa and then if your kid crawls onto it you know if your dog is particularly licky our dog bloody licks, licks everything. everything um so i'd never raw feed her because she'd just be shedding everything in there um but you know i understand that some people do prefer to feed raw food some people's animals just prefer eating raw meat but all i would say to owners is just be aware of the risks and if you are going to do it please do it properly as in don't balance it yourself that's another famous thing at the minute please don't balance it yourself because bearing in mind us veterinary professionals do get nutritional training it isn't funded by big corporate brands as some of the the certain raw food companies and other places will tell you that is bullshit if that was the case i'd get more than a pen at a lunch and learn i'd get a car or something decent i had that at a pet shop didn't i yeah got told (laughs) i got told i went in to ask for a single protein uh wet food just to mix with winnie's winnie's kibble um and they asked what kibble she was on and i said oh she's on uh raw canning hypoallergenic because at the time we were trying to work out what her allergies were and i knew that she didn't react to lamb didn't i yeah so i wanted a lamb mixer and i didn't tell this lady what i did and she just started going wow the only reason your vets are giving you that is because they get paybacks from royal canon and it's a really bad diet and i just was like i couldn't help it i said that's rubbish she said no it is my friend's training to be a vet up north and he's told me he gets x amount a month from Royal Cannon and I was like well I want to know how he's getting that because I've been in the profession since I was 18 years of age and I've literally got no more than a pen (laughs) every time so I want to know where my kickbacks are so it's rubbish um but yeah so don't balance it we get nutritional training as professionals and I still would not trust myself to balance my food I'm not a nutritionist I'm not qualified in balancing food so don't try and balance it yourself and also just be aware of wherever you're getting it from if they don't have product recalls, I would question the quality of their food. The testing. The testing, yeah. yeah. Because, you know, you'll get some of these companies or, or not, com- yeah, some of these smaller companies that will say, you know, none of our none of our food gets recalled, all this kibble gets recalled, this raw food product company get their food recalled, da-da-da. You want a company that does have product recalls because that means they're testing. Yeah. If they are bragging that they don't, I would be concerned and I personally wouldn't use them. So the WSAVA feeding guidelines is very good. So I always say to people to check that out, especially if people with kids and they get puppies and they don't know what to feed. So check that out. But yeah, that's what I'd say. Just be, if you're going to raw feed, just be aware of the risks. Please, 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 please be aware of the risks and make sure your dog's worming and cat's worming is up together as well. Don't want to get bum worms. Don't want to get bum worms, you grub. <laughs> so yeah, I've just rambled on for ages. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I found even some, the dog just sighed at me. I found some safety stuff. Did you know online? Okay. Do you want to see it? Yeah, go on then. Is it yeah. going to make me cringe? All right. This first video is from the user 
fanpone333. Okay. It's got 64 views. It's 14 years old, the video. Oh my goodness. And it's titled Girl, G- uh, Girl Scout Infomercial Dog Safety. Okay. As you can see, dogs. It's a, a kid in a paintball mask. And extreme. Yeah. They look cute right. and fluffy, but they will bite your arm off. Observe. Oh, bless it. Okay, that Labrador's not comfortable. It's trying to be very polite, but it's, it's a little bit uncomfortable with the, the situation. And this kid is now climbing ah, over it, and this dog is really not happy. It's being, again, oh, and a shake. So they do shake to relieve stress as well. So that, that kid was just being a bit daft. Being a bit of a teenager. That's yeah. the kind of thing that I would have done as a kid. This next one isn't really about pet safety. Okay. I just found it while I was looking around for shit. Is it just funny? It's called Perfect Polly Pet. Oh. And it's a uh, it's a motion activated bird. Okay, and this is the advert. For okay. It. Yeah. I want to get your reaction on this one. Am I going to want one? <laughs> I don't know. Are you going to want one? That's fine. <laughs> So this is a real advert. I don't know is where it it's toy? from. Yeah, it looks like mid two thousands maybe. Okay. But it's an infomercial okay. in America. <gasps> Grandma, you have a pet? It's my singing oh, parakeet. Little buddy. Introducing Perfect Polly, the pet parakeet that comes to life when you enter the room. Oh, Perfect cute. Polly is motion activated. <laughs> When you come near, she looks like it's having a seizure. Why is this head only turning one way? It's the sounds and movements of a real parakeet. That's not the, the movements of a real parakeet. Polly turns and also, to look at you, then starts to sing. Oh my god! Shakes her tail feathers. Her cheerful <laughs> just twitching. It's just twitching. Keep you company all day it looks like it's glitching constantly. Polly. Parakeets are the most popular pet bird in the world, but they require a lot of care. Oh my goodness! That is true. Now, they do. We had we had a bunch to feed them, and none of the mess. Uh, by the window or on the shelf, with your perfect Polly, you're never by yourself. They've got a cage for it. So <laughs> it's just, like it just looks really. Look at the detail in this pretty little Polly. This life-sized perfect Polly looks right at home in a cage. Or perch Polly on your finger. It looks like it's having a little... It looks like it's glitching. They're basically saying, buy this for your elderly grandparents. They are. I love... Yeah, in the advert, it's just grandparents or children. It's like, these are the two people that would want a parakeet in their life. It will keep them company all day. You don't need to check on them. Yeah, pretty much. As opposed to putting them in a home, just get them this plastic bird. Get them a Polly, guys. It can't do anything apart from Twitch, but they'll never be lonely again. Have you got any pet safety tips about budgies? Oh, well... You owned a budgie. I did. I just think with with birds or parrots or anything, you need to have a lot of knowledge and be prepared because they can live for a very long time. Very, very long time. And just, uh, yeah, be prepared. Don't just shove them in a tiny cage. It's true. Yeah. And they, they it hurts when they bite you. Little bastards. Yeah, you used to get bitten on the ear, didn't you? Oh, a love bite. A love bite, yeah. You used to like he used nibble. To hump me. He used to hump your head. <laughs> yeah. He loved you. Yeah. Oh, budge. And the last video I got today. Uh-huh. I don't really know what this is. It's some kind of army animal safety video. Right. Okay. So just describe what you're seeing. Okay. You I'm video. intrigued. Stay tuned for a message from friendly neighborhood cats. My name is Fluffy. (laughs) You might have seen myself and my fellow cats around post chasing mice or napping in the shade. I just wanted to remind you that when you encounter any cats, please do not pet us just in case we're sick or aggressive. Just say hello and keep on walking. Got a point. It won't hurt our feelings. Yeah. Thank you for listening. See you around. Look, but don't touch. Yeah. A message from US cats. True. Don't be walking down the street and picking up cats. And don't do that. That was a talking cat, by the way. It Sammy was. didn't mention. Sorry, it was a talking cat. But yeah, I'm quite bad if I see a cat. I'm always like, hi, cat. And it's usually like, sometimes they're like, and they come oh, over yeah, and they're fine. Hello. And then other times they stare at you and just glare at you. And you're like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> if you see a cat glaring at you, don't approach it. It wants to be left alone. 
And unless you want to come face to face with the murder mittens, don't touch it. Unless you want to throw hands. Unless you want to throw, yeah, throw down some paws. Because they will. Because cats are mean. <laughs> if you see a cat, though, you've got to give it a little... Oh, yeah. You can't not go... Can you? Yeah. You can't help just it. To, just to let, let them know that or you're little, one of the good ones. Or a little chirp. Yeah. We love a chirp. <laughs> don't we? Winnie doesn't like a chirp though. Winnie gets confused by by Luna's chirps because if yeah. Luna ever chirps near her, Winnie's like, "Oh my god, she's gonna get me." She's why is she being nice to me? She can't cope. Oh, poor Win. Yeah. So, what are your final thoughts on pet safety? What what are the what are the three like lessons you want to leave the listeners with? Well, the top lesson will be, well, advocate be an advocate for your pet. L- understand that they are living things and that they feel stress and everything as well and take the time to learn what their body language means and understand them also you know reach out to qualified behaviorists veterinary approved behaviorists vets vet nurses you know your veterinary team reach out to them as well there's lots of situations in life that will cause your animals to be stressed and obviously that can then create behaviors that could cause a bite so you know having a new baby for one of them can cause stress in animals so we're doing lots to prepare when pheromones playing baby, baby noises baby noises baby I'm clothes sort, I'm sorting the baby clothes out today and she's been having a good sniff at looking at them all she was a bit bored after like the third nappy she was like oh, right okay you have a problem lady <laughs> yeah and just you know ask for advice ask for advice from professionals not, not your mate down the road. Not your breeder. Not your breeder, for the love of God. I just have, yeah, nothing wrong, nothing against breeders. They tend to know their breed, it's fine. But going to them for medical advice is like going to a pimp for medical advice, in my opinion. For gynecology. For gynecology, exactly. Um, <laughs> so I'm sorry if I've just insulted people, but that's how I feel. Um, yeah, so just be an advocate for your pet. And also, if there are any midwives out there or health visitors listening i personally feel it would be hugely beneficial if medical professionals could spot subtle signs of stress in animals when you come to do a house visit or you're checking in on a new mum or a new family say they've got a dog and the dog is showing signs of stress just mention it and say look i know you've got a lot on your plate right now but it might be an idea to just give your vets a ring see if there's anything they can do to help because you know, I think if owners heard it come from medical professionals as well, they'd take it a little bit more seriously. And, you know, it's a lot of the time it's preventable. So. And they might give you some ketamine so you can have a they party. They won't give you ketamine. <laughs> we won't give you ketamine, but we'll give you, we could always give your animal something to help chill them out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. We'll help them, you know, transition. I'm prepared. Our two are getting, getting a nice little combination. Luna's a, Luna's a, she's used to it by now but she'll probably have some nice gabapentin and have a great time and win well win's already on a prozac so her prozac she'll be fine so yeah that's my advice for you all thank you so much for listening today guys and thank you for hope listening. you enjoyed this educational message yeah thanks for letting me ramble for like an hour it's all right hope you enjoyed it it's, it's gone, what we're here for it's gone dark in here that's how long i've been chatting for <laughs> the sun has gone down the darkness has descended. Yes. It's time to go to bed. It's time for snoozes. Catch us next Friday. Yep. We've probably got about five or six episodes left of this season oh. before we take our little break. Our little break so, yeah, to have a babby. Before the babby comes along. The babby. All right. See you later, guys. See you later. Bye. Bye.